Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, especially our great servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starville or at Brupolo or in tu- over there in Tupelo. And at, I don't know if they're calling it this or not, it doesn't, it doesn't say, but opening this weekend in Tuscaloosa, that's sort of a sore subject after the basketball game, but the Tuscaloosa Strange Brew Coffee opens this Saturday, Saturday the 28th. Uh, 1101 University Boulevard, one block away from Bryant-Denny. Talk about a million-dollar idea. That place will be humming on game day weekends. Congrats to the guys over at Strange Brew for another great location uh, and probably not the last one to come. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. Guys, I keep telling you, we're getting closer and closer to the start of baseball season, and that means you need some new gear. You need to get that M over S working. They've got it at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by, Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always just shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler is Starkville's best place for lunch. It is Starkville's best place for dinner. And it's Starkville's best place for brunch. So what I'm telling you is you need to go eat there. If you get a chance, do it quickly. Lunch, best blue plate in town, incredible white tablecloth dining for dinner. And then on Sundays, the brunch is incredible. I, as always, we recommend the Mississippi Biscuit. That is a fantastic piece. And I'm just telling you right now, look, I'm going to give you guys a little inside baseball on, on Restaurant Tyler for brunch. It's not on the menu. It's, it's something they have on one of their, their eggs benedict. But if you ask for a side of, of boudin cakes, you will get them. I'm just telling you to do that. Just trust old Brian on that one. So head over to Restaurant Tyler. And I fooled you all. This is future Brian reporting to you from the future. And the guys nearly had to eat their words. I tell you what, Mississippi State played about as well as it's capable of playing. They played a game tonight that had they played just about any other team in the country, they would have walked off the court victorious. But they played the number two team and they found a way to win. And so Alabama takes down Mississippi State 66-63. State outshoots Alabama by 10%. Shoots better from three. Now, three of 15 is not great, but they held Alabama, one of the nation's best three-point shooting teams, to 17.9%. Five of 28. But the difference is on the free throw line. State is a team that has been getting to the free throw line. They've been doing a great job of doing that. And they shot eight of 12. Not bad. But Alabama, 19 of 22 in a game that's decided by three points. They shot... They shot 10 more free throws than Mississippi State. They made seven more free throws than Mississippi State attempted. Tolu Smith had a really good game tonight, 15.7 rebounds. Uh, Deshaun Davis, Rams Davis also in double figures. 
uh, 14 points for him. <coughs> Excuse me. State did everything they needed to do to win, except make a couple more shots. I mean, they shot 46.4% for the game, but in the second half, that was 34.6%. So they shot in the first half a, a much, much higher percentage. And, and really, you know, when you look at it from first half to second half, the shooting went cold. And they had a stretch there where they, they were up, uh, and then they went on a one of 10 shooting spree, if you want to call that a spree. And the game just got away from them there. State led by as many as 11. They led by seven at the break. They just, and, and of course, what, this stat has stood out to me a few times this year points off turnovers. State forces uh, 12 turnovers, only gets nine points off of them. Bama forces 15 turnovers, only three more turnovers, but they got 22 points off of turnovers. That's a plus, uh, what is that, 13 difference? I mean, that's that's a big difference. That's a big difference for in a game that State led the majority of the game. State led 30 minutes of this game, but Alabama led when it mattered, uh, the final seven minutes, and they get the win. So State falls to 12 and eight, one and 10, I'm sorry, one and seven uh, in the conference. And they have a tough game Saturday coming up, obviously with uh, with TCU. I want. I keep. I keep saying. It. And again, I always feel like I need to preface my remarks. You guys have listened to this podcast for a long time. You know that what I'm about, right? You know that I, I try to be real, I, and I. And I, if anything, I skew to the negative side on just about everything. But when I watch this basketball team play, they're not that far off, and they're going to get some wins once they get past Saturday. And I'm not saying they're not going to win Saturday. If they play like that, they can win. They can beat TCU. But once they get past this little stretch where they've played six top 25 teams in nine games, again, guys, the only game that's bothering me is that Georgia game. Losing to Florida, Florida's not a terrible team. They're a good team. You lost by two. The Georgia game, you got that got away from you. That was a bad loss. But for Mississippi State, they're going to get some wins here in the second half of the season. They just are. They're going to put themselves in the NIT, and who knows, they might just win enough to make it interesting on Selection Sunday. It's it's not over, you know. I'm telling you, and I'm going to tell Richard Cross this on on uh, on Thursday sports. I'm going to be he keeps wanting to hit me with basketball's dead. Basketball's dead. it's not dead. It's not dead in start. It might be dead in Oxford. It's DOA. It was it was dead before the season tipped off up there. It's not dead here in Starkville. This team is still continuing to fight, continuing to play, and they're going to continue to battle. And we'll see what happens Saturday when TCU comes in. That's a, a chance for not only a a win that you desperately need, but a resume win. You're talking about a top net team. What is TCU in the net right now? I, have, I haven't looked at net, I'll be honest with you, since State sort of fell on this uh, this slide. TCU is currently great radio and we have to wait on the internet. Uh, 13th in the net. Not awful. Chance, chance for a big win. State is 6th. And that's the other thing. State twelve and seven. They've lost what six of the last seven games. They're only down to sixty-two. A couple of wins would put them back into the forties. They just got to get these wins. If they could get a win, I mean, I, I don't know how the net process works. Don't don't think that I do. But I'm just thinking out loud here. State's at sixty-two. I would bet if they they won on Saturday, they'd be at like fifty-five, fifty-four. They would jump up six, six, seven, eight spots. I mean, 
And then from there, it's just if you can keep winning, you're in good shape. State has two quad one wins. Utah must have snuck back into into the quad. Yeah, yeah. Utah is a quad one win now. Their uh, their net is up to forty seven. So state has two quad one wins. They're zero and three with quad two. If they were one, one of those is, is got to be uh, Florida. If they are, if they had beaten Florida, and one of those is Georgia too. If they had won one of those games, they would be in, out in incredible shit. They would be in the fifties. And then they're ten and zero three against three and four, which is great news. You've got some threes and fours coming up. The next few weeks. Those are games State's been winning all year long. I'm just telling you, this is me, guys. Not a homer. Not the, the guy that has been for years doom and gloom. And I'm telling you, it's not over for this team in terms of the NCAA tournament. It's not over. Now, look, they lose, you know, they, let's say they lose TCU. Still not over. They lose to South Carolina, it's over. I'll tap out at that point. But it's not over yet for Mississippi State. They played really well tonight. This is a, it was an encouraging effort. You, when you watch this team, they miss shots. Yeah, but you know what? They're missing open shots. The looks they're getting, the sets they're running, are setting up good looks and good shots. They just aren't making them. That's coach. That's not on the coaches to make the shots. His job is to design the look that gets you the open shot. They're doing that. They're doing that. They played good enough to win tonight. I'm not saying they should have won. I'm just saying they played good enough to win. So a good effort for State. Not a moral victory. Another loss. But you can you can see that they're not that far off. They really are. If they had another score, they, this team would be were they 12 and 8. They would be easily 15 and 5. Easily. With Iverson Molinar, they would have beaten Florida. They would have beaten Alabama tonight. And they they might have beaten Georgia. I, I mean, I, I'd like to think they would have beaten Georgia or or Auburn. You know, one of the two. They're just not that far off. All right, let's move back to the guys. Before we do that, let's thank our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef it's what's for dinner. If you're cooking out this weekend, throw some beef on the grill. Nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill. Steaks and burgers, always a fan favorite. But man, briskets, tri tips. I did a tri tip a couple weeks ago. Incredible. Great butcher shops all over the state of Mississippi carrying products like that. Go talk to them. Go get to know them and order some beef. Put that on the grill. It'll make your family very, very happy. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Was it Two Brothers today? Uh, Robbie and I, and I had lunch earlier. Guess what? It was great. They had a special on wings today. They were doing uh, six wings for five bucks. Oh, I took advantage of that. I got two. I got twelve wings for ten bucks because why not? Great wings. Robbie got the pork belly tacos as he is wont to do. You just can't go wrong. The food's great. The people are great. Service young lady could not have been nicer. It's what I want from a restaurant: consistency, friendliness, and great food. You get it every time at Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products and great service is what every business promises to you, but Advantage Business Systems can deliver it. And they've got the receipts to back that up. They've got 48 years of experience. 48 years, guys. Think about how long that is. Think about that. That's nearly 50. Nearly 50. So when you need products for your business, copiers, printers, computers, laptops, information systems, whatever it is, you call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need service, you're talking to the same people who made you the sale. You're not talking to call centers. You're not talking to out-of-state consultants. You're talking to a Mississippian, 601 area code. That's how you do business like a neighbor. 
601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Rogue's Collegiate Collection has got the quarter zips, the pullovers, the polos that you want for college baseball with the M over S. No more banner M, no more off-center A that everybody's looking at going, is that off-center? Because once you see that it's off-center, you can't ever unsee it. I'm just telling you right now, guys, if you if you didn't, if you weren't aware of this, let me spoil it for you. Look at the M state, the banner M, and look at the, how the, the, the A is off-center. It's off-center. Do you want to be wearing that? No, you want the M over S. You want the state script. They've got it at the Rogue. Go to the Rogue. Shop at therogue.com. Look at their collegiate collection. Don't live the three-stripe life. Head to the Rogue. Let's get back now to the studio to present-day Brian and Robbie. All right, thanks again to future Brian. We appreciate all his hard work. I'm sure watching that game was pretty hard <laughs> without knowing anything else, Robbie. I, th- I would imagine it was a difficult chore for him. So negative. Yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, I have no faith either. So the, the, I mean, the we, spread. I was told. I was talking to Richard uh, Wednesday morning, and he's like, "You gonna lay those points, thirteen and a half?" And I just looked up. I was like, "It's only thirteen and a half." What if we just like sounded like complete idiots and they just they just won? That would be totally acceptable. To be totally honest. <clears throat> I don't think you. anybody would be upset about that. No. All right. Let's uh. Let's talk about this women's basketball game. We haven't talked a lot of women's basketball here, but State's got on a little bit of a roll, kind of what you predicted, that you know they, they had a tough start to the season in terms of non, in terms of SEC play, but then they got into this little this little lull here where they were able to pick up some wins. And now they're going to travel to Ole Miss uh, tonight uh, for a rematch. Lost the game in Starkville earlier this year, a game that, as I recall, and, and you can certainly you know refresh my memory, that defensively State was just not good late in that game. Mm-hmm. That they let they let Ole Miss get a lot of good looks, and the Rebels took advantage of that. This is a big game for Sam Purcell, in my opinion. You know, Vic Schaefer. It took him a little while to get going against Ole Miss, but once he had them, he had them, and he did. He didn't. He never lost them. You know, and then you know, even Nikki McCray Penson was able to get a, a, the. She was one and zero, I guess, against Ole Miss. Doug Novak got a win against them last year. Going zero two against Ole Miss, something Mississippi State has not done in quite a long time couple of decades. Yeah, and then you combine that with the fact that you know, this is a good game for your tournament resume. This is this is a big game for Mississippi State tonight. You'll be in Oxford. Yeah, it's a really big game. It's one of those things where you don't want to lose both of these games to Ole Miss. That first one was um, by their own admission just a bad game for them. They They played pretty well for about two and a half quarters and then late in that game just kind of <clears throat> fell apart. I mean they went up by you know six or seven points early in that game. Ole Miss couldn't really score, but I thought that was kind of the difference is they just didn't really take advantage of that. And then Ole Miss had a big third quarter, and then the fourth quarter just shut State down. State can't have that happen in this game. They've got to come out and play inspired basketball for four quarters. This isn't an Ole Miss team of old that you could just overpower and that doesn't have any talent on it. There's some talent on this team. They're still limited in what they do offensively, but it's a very good defensive team. They're going to challenge you. They're going to turn you turn you over. State's got to be able to handle the basketball, handle the pressure, and, and they're going to have to score. And right now you're in the middle of a three-game winning streak. You win this game, you've got a four-game winning streak. You all of a sudden are in the top four in the league, four or five teams in the league, and you're making a push for the NCAA tournament. And I think if you win this game – 
you are firmly in the tournament. Right now, I think they're the first four buys or whatever. Um, it means they're, they're not in a play-in game. Yeah, they're like a 10 seed. Mm-hmm. You win this game, you're starting to play for seeding. Because mm-hmm. they don't have a bad loss right now. Um, they don't have a ton of big wins, but they don't have a bad loss. They're 15-5. and five. They've already equaled their win total from last year, and the and they have more wins than the year before. Um, you're looking at equaling your win total in the SEC from the last two years. So this is a really big game for them, and it's a chance to get a, a, a top 40 win on the road, which will be huge for the resume. And then after that, you have a, a, a tough run here. you got to go on the road to Georgia. You host Tennessee, who's becoming a contender for the SEC championship. So this is a big stretch. They got to keep this momentum. You can't lose this game and then you got Georgia on the road and Tennessee and back to back. You really need to keep your momentum right here, kind of reestablish um this rivalry because I mean if you win this game, you've only lost two to Ole Miss in the last like 10 years. So you're still the dominant team in the state. You lose this and you've lost three out of four to a team that has not beaten you very often in the last decade. So it's it's big for them, and this is Ole Miss team that's teetering a little bit. They uh, bad lost loss to, this past weekend, right? They lost to Alabama, which is a good team, but they lost to them at home, and then a really bad loss to Auburn, who is a better team with their star players back, but that's still not a good loss for their resume. So you, they're teetering a little bit. They they don't have the same confidence they had when they came into Starville. So get out to an early lead in this one, and I think you got a, a good shot. Speaking of, uh, of star players, Jessica Carter has really been on fire lately for the Bulldogs to the point where, you know, uh, and I know that uh, Coach Purcell was upset today at his press conference that she's not garnering a little bit more national attention. Is she finally starting to get back into that groove of where she was before last season? Yeah, um, I think she's definitely playing probably her best basketball that she's played at Mississippi State. Uh, she's easily State's best player right now, and one of the better post players, I think, not only in the SEC or in the country, because of what she's doing on both ends of the court. You know, she'll step in there and and take a charge. She can get out in front of a pass and uh, steal it and take it, take it coast to coast for a score. We saw that last week, which is super impressive for a six five player to do. Uh, we saw that charge that she took late in the ball game, which I thought was a game changing play. You're either about to foul out your best player and Jessica Carter on that play if it's called a block and give Kentucky the opportunity to tie or take the lead. Mm-hmm. Or you're fouling out one of their best players and you get you kind of reestablish the momentum and that's what happened. She took a huge charge after turning the ball over. So she's playing great on both ends. Um, she's really given State a lift and they she's given State a true post player which they didn't have last year and it's, it's made all the difference. But um, eight straight games with double digits scored – She's had five top, uh, 20-point ball games. She's one of the tops in the league in double-doubles. So she is a true difference maker for Mississippi State, and you're starting to see her kind of blossom a little bit. Took a year off last year, didn't play at all. She's gotten in great shape. She's playing real determined basketball. So that's a good sign for Mississippi State because I don't think you're making a run in the NCAA tournament or to the NCAA tournament, either one, without a true – post player that is a difference maker, and that's what Mississippi State has with Jessica Carter. So how do you see this game going tonight? I mean, you, it feels like Mississippi State has some momentum and Ole Miss doesn't, 
but it is in Oxford. This isn't going to be like the old days where there was 8,000 Mississippi State fans at this game, but there should be a good Mississippi State crowd. Just How, how do you see this game playing out? Do you think the dogs can get this one? I think they can. It, to me, it boils down to turnovers. If they're not protecting the basketball, then they're going to be in trouble. That's, that's exactly playing into Ole Miss's hands. You let them get out in transition. You let them uh, get a steal and a score. You're you're in a lot of trouble. You got to force them to play in the half court. You got to force them to to shoot some three pointers because that's not their comfort zone. That's not where they want to be. So state's got to be able to finish their possessions, score on those half court possessions that they have, and also they need to force some turnovers on Ole Miss's end as well. But they've got to protect the basketball, which they did a lot better in the second half against Kentucky. Should be an interesting game, obviously. You know, and I, I definitely agree with what you're saying that you know, state gets this win, and they start seeing the path pretty clearly uh, to the NCAA tournament. A loss is going to make it. You know, they're going to have to continue to grind the way. Just, just overall at this point in the season, you know, we're we're close to the midway point. What do you? What do you? What are your? You know, we've talked about Jan so much in our first impressions of him. We haven't really talked that much about Purcell. What are your impressions of him as a coach? This this far in uh, into his first season, I think he does a really good job coaching um, defense. The I'm, the book's still out for me on the offensive side. I think there's some things that they can do better, but that you certainly see some promise over there at times too. They just need to find some consistency. But I think he does a good job motivating the players because we see it. You know, they might have a bad quarter, and it almost always turns out that the quarter after they really struggled, they usually correct a lot of the mistakes. That's a sign to me of good coaching. Um, they find the things that they've not done well and they adjust. So I I think he's he's done a solid job so far, 15-5. and five. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they can't have a ton of complaints. I mean, I look at their schedule and I'm sitting there wondering, like, what games – could you really be upset about right now? I yeah, mean, so do they have a loss where you're like, you know, the Ole Miss? We, we, the Ole Miss loss was probably the most. But even Ole Miss is a decent team. They're a good team. Yeah. Um, There's no loss for the women like there is for the men with Georgia. No. And then you go to Tennessee. You're in the game in the final three minutes. Yeah. The, uh, they didn't rebound the ball very well in that game. But I got to give credit to Tennessee too. They're playing good basketball. Mm-hmm. You go. You take on South Carolina. You played as good a game as anybody has against them this year. Yeah. Held him to sing, held him, held the score to single digits, and they had their lowest point total of the year. That's a team that's averaging over eighty points a game, over eighty five, I think, mm-hmm. and they had fifty eight. So can't be upset about that one. Um, you know, it was frustrating to lose to Nebraska and um, South Dakota State, but those are two solid teams. Yeah, the South Dakota State game, you lost by one point on the road. Yeah, you lost to Nebraska. Nebraska just went. Crazy from three point range, so I there, he hasn't just had like very many, if any, like inexcusable losses. Right. The Ole Miss game is the only game that you look at and like they should have won that game. They shouldn't have played like that, but Ole Miss outplayed them, and I think they've learned something from that. And I think we've seen that in the last four ball games for State. They haven't let a game just get away. They've always kind of. When it got tight, when it got uncomfortable, they always found a way. And that, to me, is is a good sign. And I think, personally, I look at this roster this year, and it was kind of, you know, he had to kind of throw it together with the transfer portal. He got a bunch of players from a bunch of different situations. 
basically none of them were star players where they were at. Um, Asian A. Johnson might be the closest. She was averaging double digits at St. Bonaventure, but she hadn't played on the Power 5 level. Most of these players were role players that are being asked to do bigger things at Mississippi State this year. I think when he gets the players that he wants in here, um, then it can really start taking off. But it's got to be a good sign to you that he's been able to take all these different players from all these different schools and different positions and different roles, and he's off to a 15-5 and five start. Now, he could completely fall apart down the stretch. I don't know. But it's a, it's a very promising start, and it's the best situation Mississippi State's been in since Vic Schaefer was here. And from a recruiting perspective, he's done well. Yes, without even having anything to sell other than, you know, this is who I. This is my what my program is going to be like. This is what Mississippi State's done in the past. That's all he had to sell. He hasn't had a, any film of him as a head coach and what his what his offense and defense looks like and his players. He hasn't had anything like that to sell. So for him to sign a top twenty class and sign three high school players that I think are going to be really good, sign a JUCO All American, and then he's going to have the transfer portal too. I think with a year under his belt. And it being year one, if he especially if he can get to the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. that's a heck of a lot to sell for a first year coach that's never been a head coach before. So uh, this is an important stretch for him and the future of the program. But I, I see nothing from him that really concerns me like it did with Nikki McCray Pinson. Yeah. I was, we were all starting to to see when she had the roster that she had, and it was really a struggle week in and week out. We were all starting to see that, that first this is dangerous. Game. Yeah, when she when you know the year before State had beaten them by forty five, and you know she beat them by one. I was I remember being up there and thinking, this is not something's not right. And, and well, the one thing there. that we didn't see with that is the the players just and it just was a different kind of there was a disconnect. Yeah, and there was a the team felt different. They didn't seem they didn't seem like they were as tough as the they ones didn't have before. Vic Schaefer, yeah, you know pushing them. And what I'll say about Sam Purcell's teams. A lot of times, those teams, especially on the defensive side, they look a lot like those teams. Yeah, They're going to get in your face. They're going to defend. They're going to fight. And that's what Mississippi State fans want. Yeah. That's what they want other teams. That's why you're seeing, despite these, these struggles from Chris Jan's teams, you're still seeing good crowds. Mm. Everybody's invested. P- Mississippi State fans want that. Yeah. They want that blue-collar mentality, that defensive mentality, and Sam Purcell's his his mentality and what he's said to to us is if he can hold you under seventy points, it feels like he has a good shot. And to me, that's a good mentality to have. Now your offense has to be good too, and they're working on that as well. But if you come out night in and night out, and your first priority is we're going to lock this team down, and you do that on a consistent basis, you're going to have a really good shot to win ball games. You don't have to go out there and score ninety. I agree. I agree. Let's switch uh, gears to football to finish things up today because this is one of the most unusual stories that I, I remember recall. You know, every year there, there are some there are some players that come out late in the process and, and and things like that. But this kid Jonathan Davis, who had, from what I can tell, basically no offers a few weeks ago, and now has got offers from Mississippi State and Ole Miss and Texas. Big defensive lineman out of Lawrence County High School. Shout out to Vandell Thomas. How does this and Matthew how, Wells? Yes, yeah. Who's, who's a coach down there? I hear. Is I, he? I was reading that in the well, thread. Maybe, maybe yeah. so. How, how does a kid, a six foot five, three hundred five pound defensive lineman who looks as good on film as this kid is, how does it go 
unnoticed until the last couple weeks of January. It's really hard to imagine. Ever seen anything like this? I mean, I guess a very similar situation was last year with Calvin Dinkins. And this is, to me, this is very similar to that. Because you remember Dinkins picked up a Baylor offer. Florida. Florida State. I mean, it was was kind of a similar situation. But i got to be honest with you. I mean, I I follow a lot of Mississippi high school football, Mm -hmm. and I I haven't really heard of Jonathan Davis. And Lawrence County is a high school that, you know, they don't play a ton of big games. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. They're 4A? Or are they 3A? I guess we can look. Yeah. You can look that up. I mean, I – but, yeah, but it's a – you know, that area, a lot of times they'll have a guy or two like this pop in. But 6'5", like how are we missing this kid? You know, but it happens. It it happens. Mississippi is full of these under-the-radar guys that just come from out of nowhere. They are a 4A school. 4A. So that's. So I'm, I'm wondering if they played Raleigh, is what I want to see. That's, that's, well, I'm sure, yeah. That's that's a. Aren't they, aren't they fairly close to each other? They played Taylorsville. I'm looking at, I'm trying to find their schedule. I can't find it. Um, here it is. Go to. Uh, Max I, got, I, got, I, got, I got it. So they played Brookhaven, Lumberton, Natchez. They didn't play Raleigh. I, that's what I was trying to get at. I was like. Surely, somebody would have seen somebody who had gone to see Sunterine Perkins would have been like, "Who the hell is that kid?" Yeah, and they didn't. But I mean, you look at the teams they played. Brookhaven didn't have, or Brookhaven had Amari Smith. But that's another late bloomer in the class. Lumberton, Natchez, Taylorsville, Tylertown, Forest County, AHS, Poplarville, Sumrall, Purvis, and Columbia. None of those guys. None of those schools had big time prospects. So I guess it's possible. I mean, I guess it's obvious this kid slipped through the cracks, and now he's visiting Mississippi State this weekend. Uh, if you look at his film, like he is obviously a freak. Yeah, they have him standing up a lot and and kind of rushing and like rush end. You know he he'll be he'll get his hand in the ground. I mean six five listed to six five three hundred pounds. It looks like that's pretty close based on just the minimum you know film that we can watch. Mm-hmm. I would like to see him up up close and personal, but and he was um, I believe on the Bernard Blackwell team, so. I don't know. He was going to EMCC, and the story is that somebody at EMCC said this guy belongs somewhere else. Like the, there's, there's, there's no reason for him to be here. And I think Bo Davis might have got uh, a call. The Mississippi State got a call. Ole Miss, obviously, and now it's it. It looked like he was going to go to Texas, and that he was going to slip through the cracks. And then State came to the picture, and he seems to have a. Um, a big connection with Mississippi State with his parents, and I think grew up a State fan. Ole Miss comes swooping in. They're going to get him in for a visit this week. So it's all of a sudden turned into, you know, a, a battle between Mississippi State and Ole Miss for a kid that not many people were talking about, you yeah. know, a month ago. Yeah, it's crazy. One of the one of the oddest situations. Paul has put his crystal ball in for the Bulldogs. He's supposed to visit here this weekend. This is a kid that, like, if you look at him, his background, his parents, everything—he screams Mississippi State. Yeah. So we'll we'll see if they get that done. I, and, and Mississippi State has gotten like this is he—he's in the, he's a better prospect than Cam Young, but another type of Cam Young situation. You know, a guy that was going JUCO, State comes in late with an offer. Look at the career Cam Young had. 
Yeah. Um, you know, Calvin Dinkins, by you know all respects, looks like he's going to be a guy that's going to be a big hit for Mississippi State mm-hmm. that was taken late in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, there's just countless uh, Mississippi State defensive linemen over the years that started out like this, completely under the radar. Yeah. Preston Smith is the one I would always Preston circle. Preston Smith, the most. of course, Georgia guy, but still a Mississippi State player. But, yeah, yeah. But you know, David Turner, he knows, great selling point yeah. to have him in place. This kid's a Mississippi State guy. It all makes sense for him to go to David Mississippi Turner, State. So, if I was David Turner, I would have in my office like a uh, one of those like I don't know what to, how to put like a like a ticker. Yeah, and it's the dollars earned by Mississippi State defensive linemen that I recruited and coached. Yes. <laughs> and at this point, it's probably like it's like three hundred million dollars. It's well over hundred million. And then in a few, you know, maybe in like a few months, it's going to jump up a hundred million when when uh when Jeff Simmons gets his big contract. His so. his, his tweet the other day was yeah hundred percent accurate. Yeah, he's if like you, if you would like some reference. references, I can get them to you. Yeah, I've, like well, let's let's just get you know me, I can call let me call Chris Jones real quick. You know the best Chris defensive tackle on the you know yeah. Chris Jones right now is on the same wavelength as Aaron Donald. Yeah, who we're talking about as a first ballot Hall of Famer, yeah. Chris Jones is being mentioned in the same sentence as him. It's Aaron Donald one A, Chris Jones one B. Chris Jones, you can make a legitimate, strong, competent, logical argument that he is the best defensive player in pro football. Yeah, as simple as that. You absolutely can. Yeah, and the numbers the numbers speak for it, but it could be so much more. He's getting doubled and triple teamed. He's opening up everything else for everybody else. But that's what. That's what you have. I mean, David Turner can literally say, I took a kid that was in a very similar situation as you, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. He was completely raw, didn't know what he, what he was doing. He was you know, great athlete and all that, but he had no clue what he was doing. I turned him into a all-pro defensive lineman and a future, probably a future Hall of Famer. Yeah. You know, Fletcher Cox came in as a skinny, you know, athletic defensive lineman. I turned him into one of the best defensive tackles that the Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles have ever, has ever had. Yeah. You know, all-American defensive lineman, put a lot of muscle and weight on him, turned him into an all-SEC guy. Preston Smith was a two-star recruit. Look what I did with him. Yeah. I mean, it's just the the list goes on and on. If you have the tools, I will develop you into an all-SEC, all-American defensive lineman and put you in the NFL just like the rest of these guys. Yeah. All right, tomorrow's show, we'll look ahead to Mississippi State TCU and the, the replay of the game of change. Uh, we will <laughs> we'll recap what happened in Oxford. Uh, uh, we'll have to get future Brian in on that, unless, unless future Robbie wants to call in from the road, one of the two. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get the recap of the Mississippi State uh, Ole Miss women's game. Uh, plus, well, I'm sure we'll have some football talk as well. Maybe some more visitors will be lined up. Uh, to visit Mississippi State this weekend, I like. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about their the Junior Day thing, where State canceled Junior Day and, and the way they're they're setting that up. I like it. I like mm-hmm. what they're doing there. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. All right, guys, have a great Thursday, Robbie. And I'll be back with you on Friday for Robbie Falk. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.
Mississippi Media Production.